I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response... Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance's Blast podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots, we are all the way to number 12 in the top 40 countdown, and this is another one with my brother. This was about a year and a half after we recorded the first one. So if you've been listening to Top 40 Countdown, you already know I have some emotions about this. I believe he was telling the truth in this episode about where he was with his sobriety. Uh, But there's no way to really know. Uh, 
I suspect it took a turn to going full bore back to everything after my dad passed away. (sighs) But it's hard to tell, you know? Uh, But this was him a year and a half after he had OD'd and he had went and lived with my parents for a little while, my mom and my stepdad in Korea while he recovered. And at this time, I believe he was yeah, still living with my aunts who were just uh, letting him stay in the extra room at their place while he got on his feet. And he was in the process of getting on his feet, both figuratively and literally, since he had to relearn to walk. Anyway, uh, yeah, I- interesting insight of someone who at the time was fairly fresh off of uh, their lowest point and still trying to maintain their sobriety from, you know, uh, the things that they were addicted to. So I hope you enjoy this and I hope it gives you some insight to addiction. And if you're struggling with your addiction, reach out, Uh, you know, even though it's embarrassing and you're embarrassed and full of shame and feel like shit. Uh, your people around you love you even when you convince yourself they don't so don't be afraid to say you need help because no one can help you if they don't know and everyone assumes everyone's fine because we're fucking i don't know why we do that but we do anyway here's episode 12 when the buzz fades life after an episode episode life after an overdose with my brother tom Hey, idiot! <coughs> hey, idiots! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying slowly, aren't we all? Cue the Anchorman quotes. Um, hey, idiots, I'm here with my brother, Tom. He's back. He's better than ever. Or better than the one time when I interviewed him when he was objectively at the worst point in his life. <laughs> I'm also fat now. <coughs> He's not fat. He is a healthy size, and I fat shamed him for being a normal sized person because he was a stick person, <laughs> and he will not let it go. <clears throat> I'm fat. That's right. I fat shamed him. It's okay. So the internet's gonna get mad at me now. Hold no, they're on. not. You guys, I have been fine this entire time, and then as soon as I turn on the microphones, I'm choking to death. All right, <sighs> let's get into it. That was what, like, almost a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. So. The last my listeners heard from you, you were in the hospital. Yeah. Um, Except that one guy. And you called mom and he was like, Oh, you guys, I (laughs) did a Patreon. My very first, (laughs) I don't know if I've talked about this. My Patreon um, Google Hangs. I didn't really know what I was doing when I offered that as a thing because I don't know how to use Google Hang. So, good Lord. I'm so sorry for all the coughing. Hang on. Um. So I set it up. It's supposed to just be like, I think what we do now is like, I'm just on a video and people have the option if they want to like turn their camera on, they can, but most people just like type and talk and I just answer questions and we chat and whatever. But like, it was a group thing, but I just started it and my mom was on my Patreon. She's like a patron. So it called the phone number she had listed, but that phone, she, she had got a new phone and given that to my brother when he went to stay with them in Korea, which I guess we'll talk about a little. Um, So my brother answers the phone, and at that point, it was just one other patron on the line. So he answers the phone, and it's just he's in a video chat, and all he sees is me and just some strange man. As far as, like, he knows, he's like, what's happening? It's like high school all over again. Oh, God. (laughs) That's not true. Guys didn't talk to me in high school. Um, um, All right, let's get into it, because I'm not going to stop choking, I guess. Let's do it. So, um, do you remember how long you were in the hospital? Ooh, like three months. Three months. Three months. And then when you left the hospital, were you actually like ready to leave the hospital or were they just like, your insurance is up, bitch, you're out? Oh, I don't have insurance. I have a fucking (laughs) pretty big bill looming over me. (laughs) Oh, so you're just like (laughs) hiding out from a hospital bill? No, no, I'm not hiding out. The lady there, she's super nice. Her name's Penny. If you listen in, Penny, I highly doubt you will, but anyway, she's super nice and she's trying to get me to like get disability, which I got denied for. That's a whole nother story. Really? You weren't disabled enough? I guess not. Like they sent me to a physical examination and the guy's like, I don't know why you're here. I bone doctor. 
He's Sanglish is his probably second language. I bone doctor. Yeah, he's like, you know bone. I was like, no bone. No, just muscle. He's like, oh, you lift weights, walk, you'll be okay. Oh. Shake, walk it off, buddy. Oh, walk it off. Yeah. Ah, the American medical system. Yeah. <laughs> walk it off. Okay, so like what was <clears throat> when you left the hospital? First of all, like what was the condition of your body? Um, it was, I don't know, it was, it was safe enough to let the hospital let me leave without incurring any like did you have to have like a routine like as far as like because you still had some like open wounds right? yeah no the one on my bottom was your booty yeah my, my non-existent ass they took they took a cheek i didn't have one but yeah no they had a nurse come it was started off at three times a week and then she came twice a week and then once a week to like to what change the dressing and the like, dressing i had a wound back like so, it was like this big vacuum thing. That yeah, what is a wound back? Like a purse. It's like a purse type deal, but it has like a suction thing and a little canister that sucks up all the you know shit Gunk. that leaks out of your wound. So it was like going into your butt. You had a purse going into Kinda, your butt. It was more like a like a suction cup type dealy with a hose attached to it, and as long as it was sealed, it would like suck out all the nasty and. Put How it do in they do container. that without sucking out like? Your tissue. I don't think. I think it was healed up enough. I'm not a doctor, but like I think what? It was healed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shocking. I think it was healed up enough to where they were like, okay, well, you know, none of his muscle fiber is going to go, and I think we're going to be okay here. We're just. They just want to make sure you're not going to fucking sue him. That's all they care about. Yeah, they're like, we don't actually care if you get. We just want you to get well enough that we can't be blamed. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's fine. So, oh Jesus. Yeah, it was cool. Um, the nurse was nice. Was that painful? Was yeah, it was painful. I mean, they give you like. That you go from leaving the hospital where they're giving you like IV morphine or Dilaudid, which I mean for an addict is probably not that great, but I mean they do but it. But anyway. also is like heaven. <laughs> yeah, and they need it, and you need it. So like they're like, look, man, we're gonna give you some morphine. So the day, two days before I got out, this dude was changing my dressing, and uh, he fucked up, and like I was in a lot of pain, and he felt really bad. So another doctor came in to change it. And they gave me like a double dose of Dilaudid. And then the next day, he was like probably the gayest person I've met until recently, which was Matt O. Oh, um, on our cruise, yeah, our family he's cruise. Great, awesome. But anyway, he came in with a big thing of like whey protein that he bought from GNC. So he's funny because like, I live in West Hollywood. It's just so funny to me that that was the most innocent. Like, I just have never met anyone that gay. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, <laughs> he was super gay. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And he gave me a big thing of whey protein. He's like, you drink this three times a day, you will get fatter. And I was like, oh, yeah. And apparently it worked. <laughs> Did Were you drinking it? Yeah, I drank it. I, I took it home from the hospital with me. I you think. needed to bulk up, man. You yeah. were like... You looked like a skeleton with skin on it. I did. I was bad. I was like skinny little bitch before, but like when I yeah, got you were always like, a skinny dude. But like that was like, holy shit. Yeah, it was like a skeleton. It was bad. I was like, are we sure he's not dead? Yeah, I saw I saw <laughs> pictures of myself like the year thing on my little Facebook. Oh God, popped up, and I was like, oh God, I had like the fucking ports in my neck for the dialysis, and I was like, oh <laughs> Jesus, look at me, look so helpless and sad. I'm like, please. And you like had a crusty beard. It was like splotchy. Oh, it was so because you have like the blonde guy beard where it's like a it's blonde, but it, like was grown in it and splotchy. Yeah, it's like you know, and I, you're like, I'm feeling better, and I was like, well, you don't look you any look better, like but death. I'm not gonna say that on this photo just, you just posted. Just grows in all white trashy like that it's in my dna Come probably on, is it is we'll find out 23 and me <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother story yeah found out i was 25 percent trash can <laughs> who knew yeah, the families i think they're worried they're like what if what if we're jewish yeah d yesterday okay so you guys like back back up or backstory on this um so i've probably talked about my 23 and me a little on the podcast but there were for like a birthday christmas thing i asked my mom and brother if they would want to do it so they could see their like heritage and stuff and like relatives and they both said yes <clears throat> so they did it and we're still waiting the results but like yesterday wasn't that weird terry's like do you even want to know about that yeah. stuff tom <laughs> i was like yeah and i'm like you're not even in our blood family our stepdad it's like what do you care <laughs> what's the family gonna do when they find out like they're jewish because I, I knew i found out i was jewish but mom's like that must be from the other side. Like I don't think so. You it's like your people? last name's Fink, and you guys are like, they're. It will make it would make so much sense for them to be Jewish. Yeah, because I've always been like, our family acts like Italian or Jewish, just very loud, funny. We have the blonde hair and blue eyes, so I mean, I don't have blue eyes. You no, know, you don't. I have Whoa. green eyes. Crazy. Whose kid are you? Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out soon. <laughs> I've been trying to find out for years. <laughs> 
I know it ain't that man who was called daddy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Shit, I got sidetracked. How did we get on this? I don't know. Oh, because I said it's in your DNA. Oh, yeah. Okay, so when you leave... So two days before you left, they gave you all that Dilaudid? Yeah, Dilaudid. 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 Oh, so that your brain is diluted. Um, <laughs> sorry, you guys, by the way, I have the cough drop in because I'm disgusting. Um, when you left, did they? were you on like some dose of painkillers? Yeah, they... Uh, oh, man. Like, was there a plan to wean you down or they just... I guess they just gave me a bottle with like... 35 milligram oxycontins and they're like this is all you get yeah they're like this is what this is what it is junkie i was like all right yeah that's cool all right and then they gave me flexerol which i've done oxy in the past and i've done flexerol in the past recreation what is flexerol it's just like a anti it's like a muscle relaxer it's, so you've it's, recreationally it's done relax. both of those yeah and flexerol makes you sleep like a goddamn baby and opiates my brain's just wired weird so like i'm alert and awake on opiates so oh so when you do opiates you're like up yeah. is it like is it like an upper for you yeah it's like an upper for me like it doesn't make like most people will fall down drool on themselves not me i want to like clean the house and like run a marathon oh so, i mean my brain's just wired that way so it's it's that's interesting. interesting but they gave me those and i mean i took them i threw the last ones in the like in the toilet like yeah. The last five. Yeah. I was like, you were just like, let me just go clean. Yeah, I, like, I don't want to cold do turkey anymore and shit. So I oh, that's them. good. Were you doing just one a day? Were you no, doing? No, it was like as needed for pain. Okay. Like I realized that I was taking like four or five a day some days just to fall asleep with the flexorol. And you're and like, like, oh, this yeah, is going like, to be not going to be good. Yeah. So I flushed the last like probably five, four or five. I'd Did you? Oh, man. Was that? How did that moment feel? It felt good, man. I was like, you know what, man? I'm all fucked up from like going out of the hospital and like I'm in, I'm in some pain. Like, I mean, I can't. I don't have. I don't have feeling in my legs still, but like the full leg. Yeah, no, I can feel like my thigh, like right mid calf area, it gets a little numb and stuff. So I didn't realize my ankle was all like fucking. Yeah, he had like a swollen foot on the cruise, probably just from like walking around on it. It was from. But like we're we all were like, what the fuck happened? He's like, I don't know. I didn't feel it. I was like, make sure you didn't step on something and cut yourself. Got an infection, but that was fine. And my doctor uncle, who's a nice man, he's like, I think it's just from your overuse. You're gonna be fine. Walk it off. Yeah, walk it (laughs) off. That's what they teach you in medical school. Medical school. Walk it off. You'll be good. First step is tell them to walk it off, and then if they come back, try to diagnose it. Definitely. So tell them it's in their brain, um, (laughs) and that they're crazy. It's all an illusion. Did you go through withdrawal? Withdrawal? No. It was such a low dose. I mean, they were like... You were already, like, had yeah, been weaned off from I'd laying in the like hospital, basically. True. Yeah. And I, I mean, they give you, like, opiates in the hospital because of what, like, I went through with the surgeries and shit. So I don't ever... I've experienced dope sickness before, like, just being an addict. But, yeah. But, like, it wasn't even, like, an iota of dope sickness coming off of, like, the stuff from the, the hospital. hospital. How yeah. long... When you first got to the hospital? Because I know you don't really remember, but, like... Did somebody tell you, do you have an estimate of, like, how many days you were kind of, like, fully out of it? Ooh, no. Because I'm wondering if maybe, like... Probably better than a week. Like, I went through detox then. Yeah, you probably, since you were... Yeah, so you don't even really, like... That's probably, like, exactly what happened. I mean, they don't really tell you. They're like, oh, by the way, you were in acute withdrawal. Yeah. They don't kind of fill you in and that kind of stuff, so... They're just I mean, like, which is good. They're like, hey, you almost died, buddy. We saved you. You're like, okay. They're like, look, you're, we're not going to tell you this now, but when you get out, you're going to fucking have a huge bill. Yeah. We don't want to stress you out, but we will later when you're healthy enough to handle yeah, it. Living is more expensive than dying. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so true. And then also, I mean, I have so many, like, not even conspiracy theories, but like about the American medical system and how it's like, yeah, no, like they don't want poor people to stay alive. No, they don't. Like, I mean, they do if they have like a chance of getting a job then they can. Well, like, if you contribute to society yeah. and like give taxes. But like other than that, they're like, yeah, we don't really care if you don't have good health care. Like just care. what is that business. quote from? Um, what's that Charles Dickens' A Christmas Story? If they're going to die, they might as well do it and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> that's kind of where we're Ebenezer at. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, that's basically where we are. Oh, my idol. Um, okay, so from that moment, because, so you came and lived, was it immediately you came? Yeah, I You're came. living with our aunts now. Yeah, I We have twin here. aunts like Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. <laughs> They're just—they're lovely people. They're the I best. The death man—they really are. They're um, the yeah, glue. they're angels. They're the glue that holds this crazy family together. My God, they are. <laughs> um, okay, so shit. 
What do I want to say? Okay, so when you first came here, because, like, you kind of hadn't been, like, super close with the family for a few years. No, I, mean, I was, you know, you, know, you start, off, like, living life as Living a your junkie. wayward life. Yeah, just doing junky things. People are like, you know what, maybe we'll keep our distance from them, which is good for everybody involved, I think. Like, I mean, maybe. It's hard. You never know what the right thing to do is because it's, like... It's different for everybody. Well, the instinct, it's like, I think a lot of people do this, like, denial, shut off, and, like, let me pretend that he's just living a good life and not worry about it, or, like, people genuinely just thought you were doing your own thing. Yeah. Um, and then also there's the, like, you know, it's like you can want to help someone, but at the end of the day... They're going to want to help Trying to stay, first. like, endlessly fixing someone. You, can, you can't, you can't fix somebody else. You're going to run yourself in the ground doing that. Yeah, that's codependence. Yeah, the and, person, like, has to want... To, get, to better. get better. I mean, otherwise, it's just you can send them to the nicest rehabs or you can do all this therapy. And the bottom line at the end of the day, if they don't want to get sober or clean or change their life around, you're just not going to be able to do it. Like, it's sad, but it's the truth. Like, Yeah, it's like you almost have to let go of like, you just have to like, I mean, I have come to the realization, which is like people, like all you can do, like the best you can do for someone is like meet them where they're at and accept them. And, you know, like love them regardless and be like i love you and you know you can want them to get clean and let them know you're there to support them when they're ready to do that but you just have to accept them for who they are you do and that's that's a personal choice like if you don't want to get clean or whatever if you're having trouble like just do it man just try it i mean fuck obviously like it's something that you might want to give it a go if you're like my life is fucking terrible that's why i do drugs just try going Going sober for a little bit. See how you like it. You know, just a tip. You don't have to dive in right away. Well, do you? Well, how was it for you? So you were like totally clean. Were you drinking or smoking or anything? I mean, cigarettes sometimes, but not when I first got out. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. The girls were kind of like on lockdown, right? They're like yeah. nothing in the house. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was clean. Like I've been clean since we got out. I went to Korea with my mom and I tried soju. Don't do it. It makes you poop a lot. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't. Other like- guests of the show, Dulce Slow would say Sloan would would argue that that was your fault and there's something it wrong with you. probably was because I hadn't drank in a long time and I was like, well, you probably, did you try, you probably tried to like drink, drink? No, no, I got like a bottle of it and I was like, okay. Yeah, that's like a hard liquor. Yeah, it's, it's super, it's weird. Did you think it was like a wine? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like <laughs> a wine or like something like that or, and it wasn't and I was like super hammered, super fast and I was like, this is not how I like to feel. This is just not something that I want. Was that like, because did you drink a lot before? Like, before I went to the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. Like, drank all the time. So, like, that was, like, a normal feeling. Yeah. And I was, like, after you don't drink for a while, like, and you drink again, you're, like, man. But this sucks. Yeah. You're, like, this is terrible. And you wake up and you feel like shit for a And you're, like, and why did I live yeah, like this? Like, what the fuck? I mean, well, what, if you're, like, an alcoholic, it doesn't. It's the reverse. Like, if you don't drink, you feel bad because you're going into DT. Like, Well, if you're constantly drinking, yeah, yeah. If you're a chronic alcoholic and you're constantly drinking, you feel bad without the hooch. But, like... When you don't drink and then you put it in, you're like, oh, well, this is fucking poison. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so was that kind of the moment that you were, because I know you like don't even drink now. Was after that you were like, you know what? I'm not even going to. Yeah, I was like, it's not worth it, man. I don't want to just feel like this. It's just a terrible feeling. You feel like shit for a day and a half and you feel great for like maybe an hour, maybe however long you can stay awake. Yeah. And you then know? you're like, you, it's not like you enjoy that feeling for a prolonged. Yeah, no, you don't. There's no prolonged happiness in alcohol or drugs. It's just a temporary fix to a much larger problem, which it, is completely unsolvable. It, is, and it makes it, it makes that fucking t- like that problem just so, so much, much more bigger. worse. Yeah. Amplifies it. It's terrible. Did you, did you, and have you tried any type of, um, like sobriety? What am I trying to say? Like twelve step programs or like different things? I've went to a couple of meetings, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't really think it's for me. I think like this self evaluation is probably a lot more like cohesive to what I'm trying to do to stay sober. Like yeah. you got to fix self because if you're just going around like a lot of people go to AA and stuff for like the camaraderie or the fellowship. Like I mean, people yeah, talk about a lot about fellowship, which is great, and like I may I may try that just to have people like that I can hang around with. But I mean. I can hang around people that are drinking and it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't? You no. don't go like... I'm not like, oh, God, I, I want should. that. I don't yeah. want that. Because usually they're like fucking... They don't remember your name. And when you're sober, you recognize it square away. They you're don't like, remember oh. your name and they start telling you the same story they told you. Like, I noticed on the cruise a lot. Like, this lady, she's very tall, French, good looking. 
she was like, oh, she kept calling me fucking Simon. And I introduced myself like eight fucking times there. And she kept calling me Simon. And I was. I Simon. Didn't, I didn't correct her or something. I didn't correct her anymore. I did You're it like, twice. whatever. I was like, fuck it, I'm Simon now. She thinks I'm Simon. She's going to be like, I met this nice boy on the cruise. His name is Simon. He's he's a Sagittarius. One walks on the beach, doesn't drink, has a dog. I think I might have told her I had a dog just to get out of like. You so know. you still lie in your sobriety. I don't. I mean, shit, man. Fuck. You got to sometimes. Sometimes people are annoying and you don't be like, look, bitch, you're fucking annoying. Go away, drunkie. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You want to just let them down. It's easy. so interesting. Yeah. Being the sober person and going like, it oh, is. God, and was I like that? That was me. You're like, is, was, I, was that me? Was yeah, me? that was yeah. you. It was. I was probably way louder and like way more like fucking booze it, man. <laughs> so, I mean, good times. Were you drinking and doing drugs? Like, was that like a direct? Do you feel like you were directly using it as a coping mechanism or was it just like a thing you had done for so long i think eventually you felt like, like part of your identity it becomes it's a coping mechanism in any shape or form of drug addiction like, yeah just because you don't want to feel like certain feelings or like you don't like the way things are going or you, just, you don't like the way reality is yeah so you try to augment it any way you can whether it's alcohol or drugs or i mean there's a thousand ways to do it some people do it with food some people do it with sex i mean you just want that like chemical release because in your brain like your brain releases these chemicals like dopamine yeah and it's all the same you can get it doing things people can get it running like runners get it from a running high yeah people say that i ran a marathon and it never hit and i was pissed <laughs> i was so that's supposed to be i was high. like when do i get high <laughs> people say you can do, i've never achieved it either maybe once but it was long ago in a galaxy far away i don't <laughs> remember it so oh man yeah that's interesting too because it's like well Theoretically, they're changing brain chemistry with, like, prescription antidepressants and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, it does change your brain's chemistry, but you can change your brain's chemistry just by doing natural things. Yeah, like what? You can do, like, working out, stretching, yoga. I mean, there's things you can do. Like, I don't go to the yogi pond. I mean, I've been there once or twice, but it's really... But it's right around the corner. To look at butts. That's just me, though. (laughs) But... I mean, That's I, my new drug. Looking at butts. No, it doesn't suffice. But I mean, <laughs> then you're like, I want to touch them, and then you know, then it gets creepy real fast. <laughs> and you're like, I just maybe need to. I'm just gonna stay home now. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk back to I'm the mailbox. Walk it off. I'm gonna walk it off. I'm gonna go stare out at, at the pool, think about my life. Yeah, and just analyze some shit. Be like, why am I like this? Do you have? So do you have new things you do? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wake up and I like, I have a cup of coffee. I stretch. I mean. I go for a walk. I put these ankle weights on because the, the, the no angle doctor, he was like, it'd probably help if you, you're fine. Walk with the weights. You do the exercise. The You'll be fine. I was like, I'll be fine. Okay. That's you're a good. doctor, right? I should listen to you. Don't, don't just listen to doctors aimlessly. People just, you know. Just yeah, no, by. like consider, get a second opinion. Consider yeah. things. Use critical thinking. For real. The doctor's like, you need these pills. Be like, man, does a pharmaceutical company pay you to say that shit? They oh, yeah. Do. My doctor didn't even know. My rheumatologist originally didn't even know about like like naturopathic like the autoimmune protocol diet she's like what's that and i was like you you're a rheumatologist you should like at least be aware that there's, that there's foods that, that are it's not just here take these drugs i say this and i'm like but i haven't left her because she's nice because <laughs> she's she nice. asks about my comedy she sends <laughs> a christmas card she's a swell gal um she doesn't think i'm crazy uh so that's good does she know you mm-hmm. i mean only in the context of my only rheuma- until my insurance arthritis. runs out yeah <laughs> and she's like fuck out of here you psycho yeah Get out. Um, so, like, right now, where are you at? Like, as far as, so you're still living with the ants. Yeah. What's the plan? Like, where, like, what's your, what's your recovery at now? A job is the, ne- is the plan. Like, because uh, before, what were you doing for, like, work besides, you know, just cooking, drug, like, cooking smuggling? In a, <laughs> in a restaurant, food people, not like cooking crack or like, methamphetamines i was actually cooking yeah so i mean that and just like physical like stuff you know lawn maintenance yeah because i know you did like some like manual labor do you think you're fine to do that now i mean yeah i think so i mean i don't know ladders and me are still not on the best of terms yeah so i've climbed a ladder recently maybe like and you're like i don't know if my yeah no just like my equilibrium is still kind of off and like so like i notice it when i walk around and i try to look up at a plane because i live near an airport and i'm like i get a little i'm a little wavy now because we just got off a fucking boat for seven days but yeah so but i I mean like i'm on the boat before yeah for beforehand like we went to a bucks game i was on the cane so it was pretty 
it was like three months after I got out. I think it was before I went to Korea. Yeah. And we went and I was walking up the stairs after going to the bathroom and I was like, all right, I had the cane, I had the handrail. And then Aunt Margaret was like, oh, look, look, there's skydivers. And I turned to look and I was like, everything got like black. No, it got like spinny, like I'd been drinking all day. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, oh, nope, nope. She's like, you didn't even see the, the guys there. I was like, I was trying not to fall down. Like, so. So it's like there's certain directions you turn your head that are yeah, like. So I think it's just an equilibrium problem. It's got a little bit better. Like, it, it's gotten. It's, I imagine that probably compounds with i mean doing all those drugs but also because when you were on like your side when they found you right yeah like, you I were was, like, like on my right side and that had a whole bunch i mean that's what fucked up your leg is yeah, that, like everything it went to everything it just settled there like so that's why they had to cut out the tissue and stuff because it was all like dead Ugh. um oh man Woo. yeah goodness it was uh not the greatest time in my life i'll tell you that was there when you first got out were you, like, worried that you were going to be on, like, a cane? Did that... Forever? Yeah. Well, I thought, uh, initially, I thought I was going to be on this walker thing forever. And then Shelby had a... F- this doesn't matter. <laughs> ...wedding. And I, we went and stopped and got a cane, and I just used That's, that. So, like, a family member. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I, never mind. Do you want me to cut it out? No, no, no. You stopped and got a cane. Yeah, at the Walmart, and then I just used that, and it was like it was pretty simple. To oh, you were on the walker up until then, and you were yeah. like, "Let me try to at least be on a cane, yeah. so I'm not on a walker." Yeah, was that more like that may vanity? Her, that may not have been her wedding, though. It may have been like before when we just went up there. Yeah. So, um, how long were you on? So did you after that were you like I'm gonna switch to the cane? Yeah, I'm just gonna switch to the cane. I haven't used the walker since. How long were you on the walk or the cane? Ooh. Uh, did you use it in Korea? It in Korea, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I was on it. And then I tried, like, just walking without it a couple times. Like, there was a little underground station not far from where uh, Mom and Terry live, and I would just go there, and I'd, I'd walk it without the cane some days and go down and get a coffee or whatever and just, like, hang out and listen to the Korean folks be Korean. Were there ever days where you're, like, where you'd get to the coffee and be like, yeah, I should have brought that cane? No. I mean, like, <laughs> one time, and it was really cold outside, and I was just like, man, you know, it would probably be easy to have this, like, crutch. Literally. Like, yeah, literally, <laughs> like, lean on, but it was fine. I mean, we went to the ice fishing festival. I didn't catch anything, but <clears throat> I had the cane there, and, like, I don't a know if that on helped. Ice. Yeah, it was super bizarre. And plus, my footing was still off. Like, I mean, I think I do better on it now. Yeah. Like, whereas I, if I was, like, hole or like before i went to the hospital i would just like skate on it like you know just lose my feet like ice skates yeah we am having fun and instead you're like i'm gonna die i was like i think why did you guys bring me here oh there's people going down left and right i mean like able-bodied people older people too mostly older which (laughs) is just a bunch of old people falling down on the ice which was probably the best part about the trip it was cold i didn't catch any fish but i mean i had to hang out mom and sarah and that was cool we went to like the the rock soldiers were all there so it was like a big Jamboree in some town I can't pronounce in Korea. Ching Jong Bong. Yeah, I don't know. Yong Song. The, the hot chocolate tasted like that, I just realized that like that sounded like I was just being raisins, raisins, but I was literally like s- trying to like pronounce a town. Yeah, no, it's it's they have a lot of dongs there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, downtown Seoul. Yeah. Um, what was it like? Because our parents, I'm sure I've talked about it on an episode, but our um. Our mom and her stepdad, they met in a 12-step program. Like, they've been sober forever. And I know you're not supposed to, like, it's anonymous, but my mom literally checks into them on Facebook, so I don't care. Yeah, Um, What was it like having to go stay with them for a few months after after you, like, had this huge... Interesting. It was was cool. Like, I mean, I had a good time. I I would go to AA meetings with them. That's a unique experience. Going to AA meetings with your well, because we used to get dragged there as kids. Well, yeah, but we but now to going play. as like a as like an alcohol like as an addict and an alcoholic, you're sitting in a room and everybody's just like looking at you. And Wait, like, like what's his story? Yeah, what's up with you? I didn't really share a lot. Like I think I shared like one time, but there was some nice people there. This a, a guy who asked to be Terry Sponsy. He was fairly younger and like I mean, he was all right. We talk about mostly just shoes and stuff and sports. <laughs> I mean, I like shoes. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What did they ever, um, did they just sort of go like, we're going to a meeting, come with us, or like, did you guys ever talk about what happened? Uh, no, not really talk about it, just kind of, it, it is what it is, like, yeah, we'd go to meetings, and I mean, they're were, they were pretty cool, you meet like English-speaking people there, which is really nice, and a lot of the meetings they'd go to were like, the newcomer meetings were like soldiers who had got caught doing something, so they had to go to like, recovery oh. meeting so they'd arrive on a big bus and like <laughs> from the treatment center on base and there's all the people that like mandatory meetings yeah and there was some really there was some some really fantastic people in there just like a young gay boy named paul he's uh, he's adorable i think he wasn't even legally old enough to drink and he celebrated his 21st birthday in the recovery program oh the god had sent him to and he's like so i'm 21 and i'm not gonna be able to drink gas queen so, That's so I mean, funny. He was he was a good guy though. He's just really young and just you know he got caught doing something he shouldn't have done in the army or whatever branch of the service he was in, and they yeah. made him go to these meetings. meetings. That's so funny. Yeah, but they, I mean, I'm pretty certain they probably piss test him, and they probably have implemented programs to make sure you're not fucking off. Yeah, because they're like you're over here. Well, whatever you know. Yeah, we don't want you making America look bad. We do a great enough job of that on our own. Yeah, like keep that at home. Yeah, we don't need help. Yeah. <laughs> We don't need we don't need any more help. Do you think so like they never asked you about what really happened or like I mean, I don't really remember a whole lot of what happened. Like yeah. I mean, some of it. I went out after I was I worked, I got like a little bit of money from this dude and I went out to a bar and like was drinking, playing pool, you know, having a good time and some dude was like, Hey man, I got some blow I was like, Okay, cool And then it all and it all went spiraled. down spiraled. Yeah, it did. But like did they ever so I guess not. Do you oh so like do you think our parents were aware that you had a problem? Um yeah. Or do you think it was like I'm totally sure they were aware I've had a problem. They got eyes and like they were there for some of it. They know. Did they ever like say anything about it or just um, kind of? I mean, Terry's broached it. He's like, you know, you probably stopped drinking. I mean, mom <laughs> was gone most of the time, but like, I mean, they they knew and they're like, you know, when you when you come, there's always a seat for you. Like, uh, they would always bring it up. Yeah, they'd be like, you know, there's all you can always. I can't imagine because like they would mention it just because I was in college and would go to parties, and it's like. <laughs> Like, I would have a drink, and they'd be like, you know, it runs in the family. Yeah, I mean, it does. Like, it does. But, I mean, I think just, it's not just the drinking. It's addiction in general yeah. just runs in our family. I don't know if you inherit that. I don't think there's, like, an addiction gene that... Yeah, what it, would you, do in your mind, like, in your humble uh, addict opinion, what do you think is the line, like, percentage-wise of, like, nature versus nurture for something like that? Ooh, like, do I'd, you think, like, genetics versus, like, a learned thing? I'd give I'd give it a fair 60-40. 60 to 60 genetics? genetics? Yeah, 60 genetics and 40 environment. Like, yeah. That's where I'd put it. Like, because if you're around that stuff all the time, you have a choice. Like, if you you have a choice. But if it's in your genetics, you don't really have a choice. So, I mean... I mean, the addiction, you don't have a choice. But how do you feel about, like... Do you think, like, if it's in your genetics, it's like, okay, well, if you just don't ever start... Well, I mean, if it's in your know. genetics, I think maybe you're in a better spot to not become an addict because you have all this influence around you from a very young age that you're seeing this and what it can do to families and people, just, like, turning people that you love and you're supposed to care for into, like, people you don't even fucking know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big eye-opener for people who grow up around it. But, I mean, some people, it doesn't help. I mean, Yeah, well, you know what's weird about that is that, like... <laughs> That's totally true, but then on the other hand, it's like if you grow up in a house with like alcoholics and addicts, which we did, it's the, I guess you go, okay, well, you, you can look at someone and go, well, that ruined was ruining their life. I don't want to do that, but then also it's like nobody taught me coping mechanisms. Yeah, no, so that's, that's what you go to, and you go to what's comfortable and what you know every time when things get rough. 
that's exactly what you do. Yeah. You don't want to like, when shit's going rough and you're not having a good time, you're not like, oh, well, maybe I want to try this new thing. You go back to comfort. Everyone runs back to comfort. It's just human nature. It's in our, yeah, it's like what makes you, yeah, it's like what makes you feel better and you know it and it's it's like your blankie when you're a kid it, you know yeah. it, you know it's gonna give you comfort you know maybe it hasn't been washed in a year and a half or yeah. whatever but you know it's gonna be there for you and you know it's comforting so that's something you could fall back on but then in that you also get stuck in this like this is the only way this manifests in your brain is this is the only way that i can find comfort instead of branching out and trying new things new things you go like this is the this thing is I, do. I do this is what makes me yeah do you hit certain points with stuff like that uh even with like, because I don't know if you would go through, if if you were like what I imagine mom was when she was not clean and sober, I think that she would just like, try anything, just give it. But did you have like preferences? For drugs? Yeah. Like, yeah. did you go through different periods of like, different at this point drugs. in my life, I was doing like a lot of this drug. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was, was it just like, what was available or was was there any aspect of, what am I trying to it it was more was there like, like a point with different drugs where you're like this has stopped working like yeah. this no longer brings me comfort yeah there is is like, that when you would move on or when you're like something new yeah are you just like do more yeah you do more or you find something else like there's a progression when you're an addict where you know some things you start out smoking them like i started smoking heroin yeah. And then that wasn't really working anymore. So I tried snorting it and that wasn't really working anymore. So I moved on to like more powerful things. Yes, kids, there's more powerful things than heroin. What are they? Oxymorphone, hydromorphone. Love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, love is a really big drug. Love it's, is a drug. Yeah, it is. It really I mean, is. What else have you sucked a dick for? Yeah, so. for real. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I know some people who, I don't know, another podcast. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah, there's I mean, you just run to what, you know, and mm. like, f unfortunately for me, that's what I knew would bring me comfort and like, you know, a little bit of happiness just. But when you're an addict, you, you're making a lot of problems for yourself and you don't realize and you're like, well, I'll, I'm just going to do this and it's going to make me feel happy. So, so just to get through the day just instead of the, fixing the bigger the problem, problem, you want to you you're bearing it with like solution. getting rid of the 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 feeling that it's causing. Yeah. And you want to suppress them way down deep where they belong. Were there points where you were like. I mean, I, I imagine like awareness isn't necessarily that easy when you're deep into an addiction. But were were there points where you were in the middle of you know doing drugs and you were like aware it wasn't working, but you're like, keep, did you where you would like keep using, hoping that that feeling you used to get would come back? Yeah, yeah, because I do that with food. Yeah, food is such a lame drug. No, it's not. It's a, <laughs> it's a it's real a addiction, drug. but it's like. I hit a point where I was like, oh, are you eating shitty food used to make me at least like have this temporary spike of I feel better. And now I'm like, I don't even feel better. Yeah. And you won't. And that's it's the same thing with drugs. I mean, you either have to a do more or just find more powerful drugs like, or just learn to cope with yeah, or learn to fucking instead of trying to stuff your feelings deep down. Just go like these feelings are, are normal. And I'm not weird for feeling them. And you just have to accept them where they are. And you'll like, you not only will you like grow from not doing drugs, you'll grow as a person just realizing like some of these feelings are fucking dumb. Like you just worry about things that you shouldn't worry about. You can't control other people, places or things. Yeah. So there's no sense in putting a lot of stock or investing a lot of time into trying to do that. Like worrying so much about like what what's going to happen yeah, or like or what the could. things outside of your control. Yeah, there's only certain things you can control. And the biggest thing you can control is fucking you. Yeah. Like you got this vessel and you have a chance. Like that's a lot more than some people get. Like, yeah. So you got to learn to fucking control your vessel. Otherwise you're fucking driving all fucked up on drugs <laughs> and alcohol, just running a war path into the grave, man. You don't want to Were do you, man. So was a lot of, I probably already asked this, but, do you think a lot of your use was like suppressing? Where was I trying to go with this? Okay, so as far as emotions, a lot I mean a lot of people use drugs, alcohol to like suppress emotions. Do you think was it were there emotions that you were trying to suppress that you felt like you were abnormal? Um no, or you just they abnormal. you just didn't want them. I just didn't want to have them like or like I was in a relationship with someone and I was like, well, this has obviously gone its course, but it was, you know, is what I knew at that moment in my life. And I was like, well, it's just easier to just 
you know, stay act like I don't feel like I feel and just get high on drugs and pretend like that. I still care about this person who drives me absolutely fucking bananas. Yeah. But, you know, instead of like making a change, instead of changing it, because you're like, well, this is you get comfortable where you're at. You're like, well, this is okay. I can come home from work and I can deal with her shit for a couple hours. And she goes to bed. Yeah. And And change is scary. It does. Change is new and no one likes new. You just get. Like it's like a blanket. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that. Just like that blanket. Well, I think there's not enough people don't get enough credit for. We we, I feel like I don't know. May, maybe this is changing for like people who are having kids now. But I feel like we grew up and were socialized with this idea of relationships. This like fall in love forever. So when a relationship starts to fizzle, you like want to hold on to it because we have been conditioned to think that a relationship ending is a failure. So I I just feel like there's not enough credit for like the bravery of people who go like I'm gonna I'm gonna end this I'm gonna start something new and like because it's hard you're gonna hurt somebody and it hurts even if you're the one who knows you need out and wants out that's still painful yeah you don't want to like hurt the other person or I mean sometimes people you're like do but this isn't the, the best I don't think so I don't I think, think people, people do. no I think people are fucked up and they have terrible ways that like they don't have good ways of handling their emotions and so they end up hurting people. I believe that nobody has bad intentions. Okay. They just don't know. I I believe that. They're just like a, like some people are just tornadoes and they don't know. They're so overwhelmed by their own emotions that it like pours out to people around them. And like they end up, they end up hurting people for sure. But I don't think anyone's like, can't wait to hurt this person. I, I disagree. I think there's a certain variety of person. Are they on drugs and do you owe them money? No. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) But, I mean, there's a certain variety of person, like your garden variety psychopath that might not want to, like, murder a small child. Well, When you hurt them, they're scorned and they take it personally and then they make it, like, kind of their mission to just fuck your life up. Maybe. I think... I'm not saying it's a big part of the population. Yeah, no, I think that there there maybe is, like, a small percentage of people who, yeah, for sure have, like psychological disorders yeah and they just they never dealt with it and then when you hurt them they're like i'm gonna fucking hurt you yeah even if you don't you don't do it you don't willingly hurt them like you're not meaning to but you're just like hey but they take it personally well that's why it's so important for people to learn that like almost nothing is personal no like when people go like like you know someone will say something i'm okay full disclosure i am taking a course in um cognitive behavioral therapy counseling but like like how to do it um, but yeah, I think that I, it was this interesting concept that they brought up in the class was that, um, like I cannot offend you no matter what I say, nothing. I am not in charge of you getting offended. You are. Yeah, definitely. So it's like you, it's like people need to learn so someone can say something and then it brings up emotions in you, but you need to learn, okay, why is this bringing up emotions in me? And that's part of like the growth of like just emotional development and trying to become more healthy as a person is like learning to recognize things that will bring up emotions and how to like figure out if that's a real thing or if it's, you know, from a past, whatever. And like, um, I don't know what the point of that was. I rambled (laughs) humble brag. Um, okay. So where you're at now, do you have moments where you're like, fuck, I want, to drink i want to do drugs do you ever have moments of um i mean sometimes but i mean like i did learn this in aa when i went with mom and terry very nice man named duncan he would it's always anonymous say, oh whatever his first name is duncan it's fine okay it's his not last a big name is mcleod he's a fucking highlander okay <laughs> so there he goes anonymous as gets it's not real but anyway <laughs> duncan would say you know he, he'd bring it up in a lot of aa meetings and that was the thing he latched onto when he's being sober and he said i gotta play the tape all the way through and just realize that if that temporary comfort is going to be there or is it going to fuck everything up and make it worse? Like, you yeah. Know? So that like 10 minutes or an hour or a day worth of, you know, comfort, is it going to bring like a fucking hurricane later on? Which in my case, most definitely. A hundred percent. going to bring a fucking tsunami. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I fucking do it, I go off the rails and then I don't stop until I almost die because that's just who I am. That's your stop. Go hard sign. or go home, kids. God, <laughs> everyone go home. Yeah, please. Um, wow. So, like, I imagine what well, you must because you're a human. Like, you still have moments where um, uncomfortable emotions come in. I do, but like, I've learned that like you, I, music in this. I don't think music gets enough credit as a drug. 
and it should, even though oh, it's a coping mechanism. It's like it's a way to shut off. Definitely a coping mechanism, but I mean, it can also make you feel things that like other drugs can't. Trust me, I've done a lot of drugs, okay? And usually they just suppress emotions, but if you're open to them, like music is probably one of the greatest things. It can open your eyes to like why maybe you feel that way, or if you're feeling that way, that it's okay to feel that way. Like it's okay to be sad, and it's okay yeah. to fucking. Be depressed. People get depressed all the time. Not every if anybody's happy all the time, they're on drugs. Okay? They're a psychopath. Are psychopaths? If they were happy, what are they going to do? Like buy people puppies? Like a psychopath kills people when they're unhappy. They're not. I like, think. Well, I don't know. There's no healthy psychopaths. They're like, you know what? You seem like you're having a bad day. Here's a dog. No, I don't think there are healthy psychopaths. But I think there are people who arguably could be psychopaths, and nobody knows that they're unhealthy oh, because yeah. they're happy all the time. Definitely. Yeah, that's strange. Or like, they're outward. Yeah. Yeah, no, no one should be happy all the time. I have a bit where I talk about that, but it's like, you're the real fucked up person. Yeah, no one I've ever met. But then there's that line of like, what is, you know, clinical depression versus, yeah, no, you're like, how many people are diagnosed with depression when what they should be diagnosed with is like acute awareness of the world around you. Yeah, I mean, and it's a shitty place sometimes. It is. It's unfair. And it's just, that's life, man. If you realize that and you have your eyes open going into that, then. A lot of things, A, probably won't offend you that much, and B, it's not doesn't feel like such a personal attack. Yeah, you're like, this is just the way this it is. This is just the way things are. And you just have to let the those feelings come and then pass. Yeah, and it's they will just, pass. Well, it's just learning to tread the water of going like, knowing that, here's what, because I'm at the point where, because I've done a lot of meditation, and like I work on myself pretty actively. So I've hit the point of like being aware that emotion, every emotion passes. So now, like yesterday I had a bunch of anxiety, and I was like, okay, this is anxiety. It feels shitty, but it's not. I'm not going to feel like this for the rest of my life. No. Just have to like ride it out. But then it's like, boy, knowing that doesn't make this feel any less shitty. No, it doesn't. But knowing it's going to pass is. But like, it's like treading water versus like drowning. Exactly. You start freaking out about some, you know, minor indiscrepancy, or even if it's major, you start freaking out about it. All you're going to do is make it worse. Yeah, and then it's like, especially if you can't identify where the emotion's coming from, because I still think that's the thing I have to work on. It's like, yeah. are you going to take it out on someone who... Doesn't deserve doesn't it? Doesn't deserve it? Or are you going to find the person who broke your heart and make them pay? And like, make them pay. Yeah, for real. I'm not so, a make them pay. I'm let go and um, move on. Yeah. Live and learn and fucking get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, just... Just disappear. Sail away. Yeah. So, <laughs> On I to mean, the next if adventure. If you know that, then that's really helpful, like, dealing with just life in general. Like, instead of, like, being like, well, I don't like this, or I don't think things are going my way, or I'm going to be like this forever. Just go in with, you know what, man? You had a tough day, dude. Chalk it up to fucking having a bad day, and fucking get better, and do it again tomorrow. Yeah, it's just like, all right. You fell down. Get back up. Yeah, for real. What are you going to do? Stay down? Walk it off. Walk it off, man. <laughs> walk it off. And you can. You can walk almost anything up. I mean, Barring polio, I don't think you can walk. Physical uh, injuries, but. Yeah, but emotional damage is, is some people argue. I don't think walking it off is actually the solution. No, but it's, it's like, not. But you just got to like. You got to learn to deal with it. And, well, and it's like. you. The, not you let ha- it control you is yes, the and, best way. And also know it. that like. Things happen that will bring up unpleasant emotions, but you have to let those emotions come up. Yeah. Like you have to go like, oh, I'm going to be like, yeah, it sucks that you're sad, but you have to be sad. for Yeah. Otherwise you're going to stuff it deep down and then it's just going to turn into like full blown all the time depression. You're going to friend, which you don't want. Yeah. That's like deal with it. Or you're going to stuff it somewhere deep down. And eventually that shit's going to erupt like a volcano and just fucking take you over. That's what uh, a therapist once said. It's like putting a bandaid on a volcano. Yeah. Um, And then it manifests in like, Deep emotional issues. In super unhealthy ways. Of, like, yes, and also, like, I, um, I've i said this a million times, but, like, I think it also comes out with your physical health, too. Yeah. It's like, I mean, stress causes heart problems. I really think that my autoimmune stuff stemmed from emotional suppression, and I think, I don't know. I mean, there's things, as, as like, people's back pain. Sometimes it's like, actually, that's... Yeah, is that where you carry your your heartache or dismay is in your back? Or yeah, because you, 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 so you don't even realize how much you're, like, holding. Like, I have a weird theory. Like, sh- they chakras, they, like, a lot of people believe in chakras. And, like, I believe that, like, some people just, that's where their, that's where their emotional pain goes. It just, yeah. you know, it goes to your heart. It goes to your back. It goes to your feet or whatever. And you're just not dealing with it. And your body's like, we got to fucking do something with this. Yeah, it's, like, causing chaos. Well, that's why I've been trying to make a joke which I'm, I guess, now running in this episode, but, like, uh, <laughs> well, no, about, because I've been trying to joke about my autoimmune disease for a couple of years, but, like, because uh, it's, you know, it's your own immune system yeah. attacking. So it's, like, 
I'm trying to find a way to concisely say what, what autoimmune diseases come from, like uh, years of going like, no, like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything. <laughs> right. And your cells are like, it's not fine. We're not Why okay. Why do you keep saying it's fine? Everything is really bad. <laughs> We're fucked up. Say We're that angry. it's really bad. Right. Just tell everyone. Now, if you could like, what I'm if that so was a superpower? Fight. Like you could harness your autoimmune disease and be like, if you could just attack my like fat cells instead of my joints, that'd be great. Yeah, no, but it's instead I'm constantly stressed, so it releases cortisol and I create more problems for like yourself. visceral fat. Yeah, you're like fucking goddamn it, man. The heart disease kind. Yay. Yeah, yay. Good times. Everybody loves a good heart disease. But you know, just just I gotta keep keep working on it. Meditating, yoga, all the Froofy, foofy stuff. Yeah, and work on yourself. I think works. Like have like self. Yes, also like stop. Yeah, it's okay to like take a look at yourself. That's that is what I think is a little bit of the benefit of like a twelve step program. If that's not something you even because thought about once you start doing it, it seems. I mean, it's like anything. You know, you know your colors, you know your shapes. It seems like common knowledge once it's in your brain. Know what's going on in your own head. But some people don't think like nobody told them to like make evaluate yourself yeah, personal inventory that's a big thing in alcoholics anonymous and na like yeah well and it's personal inventory you don't have to be in a fucking 12-step program to make a personal inventory yeah and it's hard to get past the ego to like look past yourself like, the thing that your brain your ego tries to protect you by like giving you this like cookie cutter version of yourself that you repeat in your head yeah and you're like no everything's good everything's fine when it's not and it's okay to not be okay yeah like it's okay to have moments where you're not great yeah I mean, where you're really bad even yeah, it's it's okay to fucking get depressed sometimes it's and it's okay to be sad but it's when you just like i don't want to say give up because that seems like such a trivial word but like it's when you just let all of that just implode on you and you're just like this is what i am i'm a sad angry bitch now yeah like you don't want well do that's that. the issue with not the issue i think i had trouble with that now that i've started getting like emotionally healthier i'm in like this like i weird identity crisis of like who am i yeah well because i was sad for so long that like i didn't realize i had started to identify as just as sad sad. like Like, it's like no you are feeling sad but i am not a sad person but like you attach to that yeah you're like that's because it's comfortable just that brings back to like your blanket it's comfy and you know it yeah when it's like the same with uh positive emotions negative emotions like i think i think a lot of is like learning to not attach yeah to emotions is going like I'm feeling this. It is not who I am. Exactly, and that's where people get a line like skewed. I think they're like, "Well, I want to feel like this all the time," and you can't feel like that all the time. No, it's the same. It's the, uh, and I mean, this is what I learned when I did my ten day vipassana meditation course, silent meditation. But like, it's all about not attaching impermanence. But it's for positive and negative emotions. It's like if you have a bad emotion come up, it's not being averse to it. Not the not pushing down. Not I'm not sad. It's like no, I'm sad. It's happening. But the same thing with, you know, happiness, feelings of elation, going trying to chase that feeling, you can't. You, you just got to let it happen. Nope. It's there, have it, and then it's going to go on. away, but like you can't you can't chase the dragon no, you with can't. emotions either. You can't. And that's a lot of that's a big part of drug addiction is you're chasing this euphoria that you feel like the f- the first time like you never want to come down exactly and that's I'm saying this and I literally just high. tweeted about mushrooms and be like <laughs> well cuz there was a post about the FDA is uh did you see this by no, the way I didn't they are streamlining like they're fast pacing research on psilocybin mushrooms psilocybin really? for treating depression I've been saying this shit for years oh man. me too you I want to get in touch with yourself man. I Go quote tweeted it I was like told yourself. y'all and then I was like count down until I disappear into the star to the star from whence I came forever and never come back <laughs> right where's Jessica she's walking Joshua Tree she's been out there about 10 years well now. that was like a crisis I had the like second or third time I did mushrooms I've only done it three times I, can't, really? I just can't remember which time yeah oh. no but it's like I only want to do. I've done it four. And one okay. time, I was in Vegas, and I was like, "This is bad." Yeah, because no. I want to be Sometimes in a desert alone. Alone. I don't want the big thing alone. You I've don't want stimulation dad. around you. Oh God, what a nightmare! It's super bad. But like the day after, I was like, had that kind of shitty. You get like a mushroom hangover, yeah. kind of. But I was trying to figure out like why I love them so much, and I realized that I was like, because I have chronic pain. I had this like. Epiphany. I don't want to call it a horrifying moment. It was an epiphany, yeah. and I was like, oh, oh I'm damn. not in pain when I'm on mushrooms. Like, I didn't realize I was always in pain until that moment, and I was like, oh, my God, I all, I'm always in pain. Yeah. 
Whether it's emotional. But then I was like, ooh, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, and I have, it it's been like two years since I've done them because I was like, I will do them again. Oh, yeah. But I was like, uh, I don't know. But I mean, if they're doing research, like, I'm curious what the long term effects of like microdosing are because that's what I worry about is becoming like a. Like a mushroom addict? Not even an addict, but like having it like permanently damage my brain. Okay. But I mean, they, uh, there's research. They even did a fucking episode of House on it. It, where if you have, Which, if it's on house, it's true. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Lori, totally a king. Remember when he found the tick in the woman's vagina? Yeah. Uh. But yeah, but <laughs> it, this was an episode of House, and this guy was having cluster headaches, and the thing that was helping him, and he's like, well, let's try psilocybin mushrooms, and they had like capsules, and like I've made these capsules before. Of course you have. Yeah, you just grind up the mushrooms, and you put, and you put like, in a pill. A gram in a pill, so you don't have to taste the mushrooms. You can just swallow it down. Someone like, you should do might even emotions. have them in their freezer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like you keep them in your freezer and then you just take one, not when you're feeling down, but like when you feel like you're lost and don't know where to go or where your life's going, or you, you know, you just come to a point where you're like, I've hit a wall, like as a person. I think they're great for like spiritual, emotional growth. Yeah, they really Because it's are. like it's deep in your brain. I think you already have all those answers and this helps unlock them. What, what, what it does, I, what I think it does, and I'm not, this is not. I'm not saying anything that's revolutionary. I'm sure it's been said a million times in different ways, but like it, it makes you able to, it's sort of like clears out the junk around us that we're always, the little things we focus on that aren't that important. Yeah. It like makes your mind go like expand into, in a way that like you're able to have those thoughts more clearly. Yeah. Have, you're able to focus on what's really important. And it opens without I think, the like, pathways. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yeah. The little like everyday anxieties that shit gets gone when you're tripping your nuts off. Like you're just focused on like what's important. Like what, what am I like you get down to like the brass tacks, as stupid as that sounds of your soul. Like, of, like what does anything yeah, really mean? What, what is and what isn't? And like, then you realize love is the answer and then you cry all the time. <laughs> but it's like a therapeutic cry. Yeah. One of those good. <laughs> that's ones where, where I am like, anyway. It's what I needed. It's what I need. I love you guys. Yeah. So much. Um, that's why it's important to do them alone, because then you could like confess your love for something, and then someone takes it personally. So I've had this happen before, like oh, no. on a fucking crazy mushroom roll. Like, been like, you know what? I just love life, and like you guys, and you, and you, and I'm just like, you know, you go individually, and be like, and they're this like, is what I love. You said you loved me. Yeah, and then like a week later, they're like, hey, remember when we were fucking frying nuts, and you were like, hey, you loved me, and I was like, okay, first of all, that was like a group setting and I, I meant like individually addressed everyone. When I said I love you, I meant like the universal you. Yes, like not just I, I meant you people. Yeah. Wait. What do you mean you people? <laughs> For real, but I mean it's a mushrooms I think uh is something that everyone should try at least once. Yeah. And just, you know, like it's going to fucking open some uncomfortable doors like and it's going to also maybe help you grow from those areas where you don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, well, it's like, it helps you go into those yeah. uncomfortable emotions that you've been suppressing. Forever. And you're like, wow, man, this is some fucking... I love that I started this episode and now I'm like advocating like, everyone should try this drug. <laughs> For real. It's inside addiction. Like, yeah, yeah. Drugs. They're good. Um, and they're bad. That's what you said on the last... I don't know if you remember, but the last episode you were, you were like, well, the problem with drugs is that they work. Yeah, I mean, they that's do. That's why there's such a... but. It's anyway, true. drugs, drugs can do amazing things in the right doses and they can also I mean, do it's literally like what things. pharmaceutical companies are doing, both good and bad. Yeah. But I mean, pharmaceutical, you got to understand with the pharmaceutical company, their main objective is to make money by selling drugs. Yeah. So whatever slippery slope, whatever the efficacy of that drug is, they want you to take more. They want you to take more. They want you to need more. They want you to spend more, more money. Otherwise, they're not making any fucking money. Yeah. They're like, do it once and then see how you feel. And then, you know, sometimes like yeah. with mushrooms, it's hard to market that. You don't want to be tripping all day i've tripped for four days one time not good a fun thing Christ. not a good time did you eat it all huh i was on other stuff though. oh like, i'm not i'm festival. never i wasn't hungry when i did that because i you know i was like maybe like four three or four hours yeah. no this was acid mushrooms molly uh, jesus mescaline. christ mescaline yeah my buddy Marilyn's mom hillbilly shout out linda love you girl <laughs> um okay so moving forward <sighs> we sort of talked about this but we'll wrap up on it um what's your goal just um, to get like, do you have like a big goal or is it just like, like right now I just want to get a job? I want to get a job and get comfortable and then see where I feel like how I feel in like a year after doing it. Cause you know, you don't, you get a new job. You have the excitement of like, yeah, this is, what I have I, a job. Yeah. I have a job. I have money coming in. Hooray. You know, and that's all well and good. 
<clears throat> I was thinking about this while I was moving a mountain this morning. Like that's what he calls pooping. Yeah, but like you get you you start to get bitter after a while doing the same thing, and then where it becomes just like a countdown to when you're done doing it. Yeah, you don't look at it as like okay, well I get to go do this every day, and it's it's an the honor. same as a relationship. Exactly. Just it is a relationship. It's just a relationship with work. With work, yeah. Yeah, and you, you, over time it wears on you. But the thing to do <clears throat> to not get that to happen is to a keep it interesting and just you know, do how do it how you want to do it. Like, don't let people tell you, oh, this is the way you should do this and you should do this different. Be like, well, if it's fun. your job, yeah, okay, you should listen your job, to your boss. You have certain curriculum that you have to follow or whatever, but you don't want to be the person who's just looking to retirement you want to get up and enjoy what the, you what you have yeah. yeah the people who yeah you it's like enjoy the present that's all you really get. exactly you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so just enjoy what you're doing now and put everything you got into it so you don't have okay so there's no specific plan just get on your feet and live in the moment yeah definitely live in the moment and just enjoy life like People get so caught up with what's going on around them that they forget to enjoy life. Like what's right in front of them. Yeah, like what's, exactly. Don't miss the forest for the trees. That's right. And if you don't slow down and smell the roses every once in a while, that's a great movie. <laughs> uh, closing thoughts. Um, Don't do drugs. They're bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. That's the end of our episode. Thank you for tuning in to the follow-up. Uh, thanks, Tom. Peace out, girls. Love Scott. you. Love you, too.